0: and I'm here with Dan James. He's the president of Medgold Resources. We're sitting in a uh, hotel here in Sofia, Bulgaria, but Medgold has a project in southern Serbia. I keep calling it Siberia, but it's Serbia. (laughs) Dan, how are you doing? I'm very well. Good morning. Good morning. I'm going to write up the uh, project here in the northern minor in the coming weeks, but I just wanted to ask you a bit about Serbia more generally because it's one of the lesser known countries. I know North American and the mining community—they're uh, familiar with, you know, Romania or Turkey or, to a lesser extent, Bulgaria. So Serbia is probably lesser known. So I just wanted to ask you, first off, what brought you to Serbia when you, you finished with Portugal and then you could could have gone anywhere. What what at first
1: attracted you to this country? Well, it's geology driven. We've been looking at the Tethian Belt, and the Tethian Belt, is you know, is one of the longest metallogenic belts in the world. You know, stretching from Europe all the way through, you know, Central Asia and and, and onwards to the to the east. So, and I'd previously worked in Turkey; did a couple of years working in Turkey in, in in the same belt, looking for similar sort of systems over there. And we also had a contact who was, um, you know, a Serbian Canadian that, that helped us in the beginning, you know, with some of the ideas and, and bringing us in. So, it's jolly driven. We identified that there was, you know, a lot of opportunity. Uh, the country was starting to get a bit of. A, bit of attention through the discoveries over in the Timok belt. But we were trying to look at something slightly different. You know, we always try and be a little bit innovative rather than trying to tread in the, in the steps of, um, you know, uh, the, the bigger explorers. You know, we were, you know, we're coming through and looking at the Oligocene belt, which is about pretty underexplored and uh, looking, looking very prospective.
0: And specifically, what is that Oligocene belt?
1: So it's basically, it's a belt of uh, rocks which are predominantly Volcanic units, and it's these volcanic units associated with uh, you know the convergence of two main plates, and has created these these mineral deposits. And you know, and as the as the crust has broken up, and you've know, had some subduction, and you've had um, you know the, the crustal melting, this has created uh, these porphyry systems, which are the big engines in the, in the region. And the engines drive off a lot of the fluids and a lot of the metals to form into these epithermal systems. So it's the epithermals which we're generally targeting, you know, because these generally generally have a, a much higher grade than the porphyry. Mm-hmm. Their tonnages are, are usually smaller. Epithermals are, you know, usually very good for juniors, you know, because they are, you know, they're, they're smaller targets, they're higher grade. You can get your arms around them much easier. Whereas, uh, you know, the porphyries are, you know, can be quite big and quite scary. So, we're uh, we're focused on the epithermals, predominantly in this belt.
0: Now, you're about to hop on a plane, head back to Belgrade to a conference. For someone who doesn't know anything about S- Serbia, what is the state of mining, apart from exploration, but the mining industry in Serbia today?
1: Well, it's a very positive place to be. It's, uh, I think, in the region, it's it's probably one of the leading countries in in the Balkan regions. The mining code is very strong. The government are very supportive. It's had a long history of, of mining in the you know in the, in the country. Um, you've got projects like the, the bore mine which has been going for over 100 years it's you know one of the biggest copper porphyries in, in the belt but there's also a lot of small lead zinc mines as well so it's you know you've got a, a juxtaposition of the small producing lead zinc silver mines you know and then you've also got some of the majors coming in you've now got Rio Tinto with their discovery over on the uh, west of the country with Yadar which is a big lithium project which they're, they're pushing forward and, and, and you know heavily drilling and similarly with reservoirs discovery which went on to be Nevsun and then and sold out to the Chinese group that's getting a a lot of action and a lot of um, you know a lot of money being being brought into the region so suddenly Serbia is becoming you know quite the pin-up of the region that it's um, you know it's a strong mining code it's it's mining friendly and it's uh, it's relatively easy to do work here.
0: I would think anyone who's done work in Eastern Europe these former communist countries, often the case is there's been a lot of work done in the 1970s, 1980s to modern standards, but they didn't assay for gold. And this was the case in this, your, your own project we visited yesterday. What does that mean for a gold explorer, that, that kind of situation?
1: Simply, it means a wealth of information know, without fully understanding the question. And the question is, where where are these gold systems? And the question we asked at the very beginning is, is, is gold mineralization related to a lot of the reported lead, zinc, silver system, which were documented, mapped, mined, uh, explored by the Yugoslavs you know, back in the 60s, 70s and 80s? So there's a huge wealth of um, you know, knowledge available, mostly in the public sphere of the, you know, the geology, the mineral occurrences, and the, you know, and the former exploration of mining in the region, we can then go through and pick through a lot of that information. You know, and if you can look at that through the eyes of a, you know, the modern explorer, understanding modern models and modern structural controls, the idea is that you can then use that old data and then start adding in the gold component and as we've done at Flamino we've identified that there was a lead zinc system very nearby but it was never assayed for gold we then you know uh, came through and assayed for gold and identified that it is a is a gold rich system the lead zinc is actually only a minor component to it and you're finding
0: high-grade gold right on the highway outcrop. As I, saw, as I saw yesterday.
1: <laughs> That's right. It's yeah. It's brilliant. It's it's quite rare to have high-grade mineralization out at road. You know, at that surface on, in a road cut, and a flat-lying system. You know, invariably, high-grade samples are you know narrow veins that, that extend you know a long way down. But this is a, a, a sub-horizontal flat-lying zone of mineralization. So, yeah, quite rare. Quite exciting.
0: One other aspect is that Serbia is not a member of the EU. And I don't think we'll be in the short term. But what does that mean for permitting? Is there some differences that stand out
1: for you? I think it's not being bound by the, you know, being British and obviously we've got our, you know our own history with the EU. You know, you're, you're not bound by a lot of the, you know, the restrictive uh, legislation which is in place in the EU. You can obviously mine in the EU, but you you have to be. Very selective where you can mine. Some countries, you know, will have a you know a blanket cyanide band. Some countries are you know are not open to the idea of mining, but then others, you know, are. You know, very open, the likes of Sweden, Finland and Ireland are, you know, world leaders in, in mining jurisdictions. But Serbia is, is not an EU, it's a European country, it's, uh, it's entirely autonomous, so therefore it can pick and choose, it, you know, its, it's legislation and the, and the demonstration of having active mines in the country and, uh, you know, two very large exploration projects moving through feasibility is a clear demonstration that the country is uh, open for mining.
0: And just one last question here, certainly uh, if you're sitting in North America, the last few years there's been the migrant crisis, people coming through Greece, Like, what does that meant for the border region, you're right on the border, are there any odd restrictions or anything like that that have been imposed, or what's going on with the border, or does that affect your work at all?
1: Yes, yeah, so we're very close to the borders of Bulgaria and, um, and Macedonia. Um, it, it doesn't affect work. You know, we're obviously sitting here in Sofia, which is the the city closest to the project, and we can drive up. and As we did yesterday, we just you know hop across the border, and uh, you know go onto the project, turn around, and, and come back again. So, the borders are you know obviously they're You know, they're patrolled, policed, and you know you have to cross them formally. But it. it is not a restricting you know it's not a restrictive part the the migrant crisis saw uh, a lot of um, you know migrants coming through through the borders but they were they were moved generally quite quickly through through serbia and their the main objective was to get to the you know to the larger economies in you know in western and northern europe
0: Great. okay thanks very much dan
1: pleasure thanks for having me